I want to talk about the art of hope. Everyone say hope. And 1 Corinthians 13, 13, some of you will know that. It says that there's three things that remain. Do you know what those three things are? How many? You can shout, it's all right. Faith, hope, and love. So they're three really big issues. And tonight, we're going to, well, I reckon we're going to have fun tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to talk, today I'm talking about the art of hope, and tonight I'm talking about the art of getting on with yourself, which is a pretty big challenge for a lot of you, I can tell, just standing here. I can. But it'll be a great opportunity to bring friends, because we'll be kind of deliberately just talking in, in a, in a low-key kind of way. But it actually ties in so well with the gospel, with, with the truth of God's message and the fact that God is so valuable. But one of the biggest things we struggle with, did you know if you, if you have trouble getting on with other people, and I'm sure nobody, <laughs> nobody has that trouble, but the basis of that, the majority of that, is that we struggle getting on with ourselves. And the art of getting on with yourself. See, and here's the thing. I mean, I've been a Christian for 40-something years in ministry for 30-something years, and I can tell you, and you know it anyway, that just because you're a Christian and just because you pray to prayer and just because you love coming to church and just because you lift your hands and worship and just because you, you actually make some time each day to pray and talk to God doesn't mean that you necessarily have learned how to get on with yourself. And there are lots of Christians that struggle with that. So we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight in a kind of a pretty laid-back style, I think. I'm looking forward to that. But as much as there's an art of getting on with yourself, there's, there's an, what I want to call an art of hope. How to live with positive hope. Now, God just said there in, in 1 Corinthians 13 that that's one of the three big things. So it's important. And hope is defined this way. It, it's the positive expectation of a good future. Hope is everything's going to work out for me. I just, I just feel like that. You know, I pull into the car park at the local shops, whatever, we're picking up some Chinese, and I expect probably there'll just be a car park right outside. That's hope. And when I go, you know, I'm shopping online, you know what I mean? I'm getting, getting some discount from some super dry or something. I've got something on special. And of course, because it's on special, then it's going to be the, the certain limited sizes. But I just expect, you know, if all the other sizes are gone, my size will probably be there. That's hope. Now, a lot of people, you can tell already, don't live with much hope. Because we've misunderstood what the word hope means. We use it like this, I hope so. Will Wales win the World Cup? I hope so. What that really means is I doubt it, but it would be nice if they did. That is not hope. That's hopeless. And you've got to shift. God, there's this other verse in Romans chapter 15, and it says that God is the God of hope. And it says, may he fill you with all hope by the power of the Holy Spirit in believing. It's a good verse, isn't it? It's Romans 15, 13, if you're writing it down. You don't, you know, I'll, I'll keep talking, so but make a little note or write it down or whatever. May the God of all hope fill you with hope, fill you with positive expectation of future good. So you're, 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 you're young, you're at school, you're in year 11, 
or you maybe you're in year 12 or you're not sure about uni or you're not sure about your future and you live in Wales and, and Newport and they might say there is or there isn't much work. But hope will be like, I just expect, I just expect it'll work for me. I expect I'm going to get a great job. I expect I'm going to, I, I expect I'm going to live a fantastic life. I expect I'll probably have more money than I know what to do with. That'll probably, I'll probably, you know, as far as marrying someone, I expect just the best girl in my case, you know, or the best, and I, I did really well. She's a lovely lady. You'll meet her. She, she would have loved to have come, but we've got church at home and she really needed to be there. So, and, uh, but she'll come as soon as she can, Caroline, and she's great. But you just, you, you expect things to work for you. Where's, um, is Jan here? You're there? that spoke was it Jan that spoke this morning Pat I'm sorry Pat I really felt like God spoke to me actually when you were speaking this morning about what he's doing in your life and I feel the commendation of heaven on your life and I feel I feel I know there are like people in heaven you know the Bible talks about this they're cheering for you and I feel like heaven is proud of the steps you've taken and that there are doors, that there, there, there is influence that you, you, you know, some people in your situation would wind back and feel like, oh, well. But God sees in you a spirit that you're actually going to increase in your influence. You're going to increase in the Holy Spirit using you. You're going to find a way to touch people's lives. at a gra- And you've been someone like that before anyway but at a greater level than ever before. And there's a, there's a sense of an open heaven over your life and a sense of heaven cheering and being very proud of the steps that you're taking. So God bless you. Amen. And that's hope. You know, when I, when I saw Pat this morning and uh, speaking, I don't know her, never met her before. Have we ever met? Never met. So I don't know anything about her life except the couple of things she said. But I just see that spirit of hope. Hope doesn't quit. Hope doesn't, hope doesn't fold. You know, when Wales are playing probably South Africa in the semi-final and probably New Zealand in the final, hope is like, we're not folding here. Probably we'll win this thing. And there's a big difference between wishing it might happen and actually having a positive expectation that it will happen. That's hope. A lot of people, I taught for probably 15 years, you know, when I was young, especially in the Bible college days there, and, and we had a kind of, a, a, the word of faith kind of movement was big in those days. I taught a lot on faith. And when I talk about those things, a lot of people say, oh, well, you're talking about faith. That's what faith is. And actually, that's not what faith is. Hebrews says this. You, do you mind if we go a little bit teachy here this morning? Is this all right? Is it helping you? And uh, Hebrew says this, it says that faith is the substance or the reality or the stuff of the thing you hope for. Did you know that? Say it with me. Say faith is the substance of the thing I'm hoping for. So you positively expect this thing, that's hope. Right? And then when you have the substance of it, which means that something is deposited in you, which means anyone can say whatever they like. I don't, I've already got it. It's done. It's finished. That's what faith is. 
But faith is, can only be the substance of the thing you hope for. So the reason I'm talking about the art of hope this morning is because if you don't have a lot of hope, you can't have much faith. It's not possible. Your faith will only... So you could say it this way. Faith is like... Uh, hope is the blueprint for your faith. So if you're building this building, we've got this fantastic building here. And every time... If you're going to, you know, do something and you have to talk to the council and we say we're going to put a wall here and we're going to do this and we're going to put air conditioning in and heating in and, you know, whatever else they do here. I'm warm enough, by the way. Yeah, I'm happy. And because uh, and, uh, some of the people walked in, they had my little hat on. They said, oh, you've heard them, the building's a little bit cold. <laughs> I said, no, it feels fine to me. <laughs> but, but faith has already got what you hoped for. And it's like you, 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 you need to live life like God is a God of hope, just expecting things to work for you. It doesn't mean they all will. It's just a perspective on life. You're going for this job, probably I'll get that. But you may not get it, but that's not the point. The point is you live with an expectation that it's going to happen. Now, sometimes God will put something in your heart called faith and you'll know. You ever had that experience? Sometimes people get that with the person they marry, though you've got to be a bit careful with that because sometimes people, you know, God, <laughs> I had a brother-in-law and, and some woman said to him when they were single, uh, uh, you know, God's told me, God's told me, you know, that we're going to get married. <laughs> and he said, so it's not only in Australia, right? <laughs> and, uh, and he said, well, he hasn't told me, but if he tells me, I'll let you know. You know? <laughs> so sometimes it's, uh, you know, so here's a, good, here's a good bit of advice. Be a Christian, but don't be a weirdo. Can I say that? Is that all right? It's one of the things I like about this church. It's like you can, you don't have to be like a spiritual nutter. You can actually be full on for God and like really nice to be around. Yeah. I know that's, I know that's big news for some, but, but, uh, but so sometimes God pops something in your heart and you just know, you know that you know that you know. That's what faith is. But what you've got to learn to do is to live the more, see, the more hope you develop in your life, the more faith you can get as a result of that. And faith is, of course, one of those big three as well. So hope is just this, like, this positive expectation. I'm just, on the inside, I'm just convinced that everything's working for me. I mean, why wouldn't it? Like God is for me. And there's a difference, isn't there, between us all being able to say, well, if God is for us, who can be against us? You know, we could do a Bible class this morning and I could give you three answers, you know, like, like, like a little multiple choice, A, B and C. If God is for us, it makes no difference. If God is for us, probably we'll still lose. Or if God is for us, who can be against us? Everyone will tick C. You'll all get 100%. But that doesn't necessarily translate into having a brilliant, positive lifestyle from Monday to Saturday, does it? So that's where we've got to learn the art of hope and not just the, the kind of theory of it. To be positive in every situation. That's basically what it is. 
I'm just expecting, and, and the Bible says that God's a God of hope. Sometimes, you know, we use this word repent. You know that word repent? Anyone ever heard that word? Do you know what it means? So it just means change your mind. If I get the chance to write my own version of the Bible, and the chances are slim. But if I did, I'd probably take out the word repent and put in the word change your mind. Because that's what it really means. And as soon as you say repent, everybody gets this certain emotional thing. Like it's, it's a bit dark. It's a bit heavy. We've been bad here. We better repent. It's grim. And it doesn't necessarily mean any of those things. Sometimes it might. But what it really means is just change your mind. Stop thinking that way. And one of the things we've got to repent from is being negative. Because it's not a biblical thing to be negative. God is not the God of hopelessness. God is a God of hope. So if God's in you, hope is in you. What you've got to do is learn how to let that hope out. And that comes by changing your mind. So I'm working on you right now. I'm trying to get you to change your mind, which is a big job, you know, changing your mind. If you're one of those people that's basically expected that, you know, the very size of dress, you know, for the women, okay, the very size of dress I'm going in to get, that's just the one they happen to not have. That kind of, that kind of thing. I get that it's funny. I'm, I'm cool with that. But it's actually a lack of hope. It's not the, the dress that matters. There are other dresses, you know. Or for the men, there are other shirts, you know, or whatever. It's not, the dress isn't the issue. The, the aspect of your heart is the, is the issue. To live through life feeling like, man, this is probably going to work for me. That's just a great feeling. And now you've given, and now you're a bit more like God. Can you imagine how God thinks when he looks at the earth? And yet the Bible says, there's one verse, it says he sits in the heavens and he laughs. You know that verse in the book of Proverbs? He sits in the heavens and he laughs. God's just laughing. Not at you. Not at me. But he's just, he's just happy. He's positive. And he could have a fair bit to be miserable about when you think about it. You think of all the people, and I don't, want to, I don't want to go too far down this route, but, you know, God just really changed my heart. And like I said, I've been a pastor for a long time, but I really changed in a big way about probably eight years ago when I went through it like a real crash. I'd been through, through a long time ago, I'd been through a marriage breakup that was not, not what I was hoping for, what I was trying to resolve. But in any case, those things happen sometimes and you can't, you can't control that. You can't control somebody else. And, uh, and so I'd got remarried and then we, I'd gone through a season of life where church had become very much smaller and less effective, I guess, than what we'd been used to, which is just part of the season of life. And then... We'd lost, uh, I'd lost a job which had a lot of money associated and then I'd had some depression 
and anxiety thing that I went through. Anybody ever been through that? Boy, that's, that's terrible. So my heart goes out to you. But in that process, something happened where, in my heart. And, I, and I, loved, I learned to love people more than I'd ever loved them before. And it really changed me. And I wouldn't go, I mean, to go through that was terrible, but I wouldn't go back. And I mean, I was, I was pastoring a significant church. We were making pretty good money. My kids were in decent schools, all those things, you know, that used to be so important. And, uh, and I would travel different countries and people would want me to come and speak and all that kind of stuff. And we had a, a Bible college that we'd had in Australia. We had one here, all those kind of stuff that, that people would look at as the trappings of success. And if you'd asked me, do you really love people? I would have said, yeah, I do. Because I wasn't, I wasn't in it for myself, but something shifted. And now when I look, about, look back, I think, ah, I didn't love people that much, really. Not really. But something's really changed. And now I feel like I look at people and I just think, your, your potential is enormous. If you could just find out, and I go down the street, we were in, where were we in? Riska. Downtown Riska. <laughs> Walking down the street and I went to get some chips from the fish and chip shop guy there who's been there for 30 years. I was chatting to him. Asked him if he thought Wales could, Wales could win the World Cup. He wasn't sure. I said, of course you can. And there was a kid there, you know, and he was like 13 or 14 with his hair hanging on his face, young guy. And I bought these chips. And, I, and as soon as I see people, I just think, wow, people are amazing. People are so wonderful. Did you know that? I mean, God would give everything he had for one person. That's enough to give you hope. And so, and all I did for this kid, he's sitting there and, and I'm having to, he's never seen me before, you know, and I'm probably a bit loud and a bit Australian, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, so what are you having? Oh, same as you, he says. That's my best Welsh accent, all right? I kept it very short. <laughs> boyo, boyo. <laughs> I can say boyo. Same as you. Same as you, he said. Same as you. <laughs> Look out, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> anyway, I'll steer away from that and get back to the things that matter. So, so, so um, he said, same as me. I say, oh, two large chips. He said, no, just one chips. So I said, oh, I said to the lady, why don't you, let me pay for that. I'll buy his chips. It's cost me like the whole of two pounds, ten or something. But for this kid who's never met me before, probably never meet me again, and I wasn't there with a the Bible preaching at him, that, you know, I could have told him God loved him. You've got to work with every circumstance. I'm not afraid to do that, but sometimes it's not necessarily the thing to do. But I just... I just wanted him to feel like something good will happen for him for no reason. And, you know, who knows? Who knows what his family's like? Who knows whether he's got a dad or not? Who knows whether he's got mates or not? He certainly will have less money than I've got, so if I can help him a little bit. But it's just, it's, it's the wonder of people. There is nothing more important in God's heart than people. 
And so if I were going to give you a reason to have hope in life, that would be it. There's this amazing verse. How much have I got? About five minutes or so. so. There's this amazing verse. There's several amazing verses in the Bible. Maybe we'll talk about one or two of them tonight. We'll see how we go. But there's this one in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Some of you might know it. It, it, it says that where the, 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 the poema of God is the Greek word, like an artwork. And the New Living Translation says this. It says that you are God's masterpiece. That's such a great verse. Just close your eyes for a minute and say it. Say, I am God's masterpiece. I want you to, be- to learn to believe that. Because if you really believed it, your whole approach to life would be different. So that would be a good thing for us to kind of start thinking. And then there's, there's this other verse in Psalm, it's in Psalm 8, if you're writing it down, verse about 5 or 6, 4, 5, 6, somewhere in there. And it says that, you, you might know this, uh, David's writing and he says, look, I look at the stars, I look at the heavens. You know, we just got these photos this week, didn't we, of Jupiter? Somebody went past, some, something went past Jupiter. How many moons has Jupiter got? And it's just, it's phenomenal what's out there. It's just crazy. The sun takes, like the light from the sun takes about nine, nine and a half minutes to hit, hit the earth. About 10 if you're in Wales, just a little bit longer, you know. <laughs> so it's traveling at 186,000 miles every second. And it takes about nine minutes. And the closest star, and you see all these stars, they reckon you can see in a clear night maybe a thousand, probably not these days, but hundreds of stars. So the closest star, the light traveling at that speed takes four and a half years to get here. So the light you see when you look out at night to the closest star left the star four and a half years ago. That's the closest one. A lot of the light you're seeing from the stars left the star before you were even born. It's just, it's phenomenal. And then, and then this verse says, he, he looks at it all this and he says, now when I think of that and how you made everything like this, how, what is it that, about man that, you are, that we're so important to you? And I never understood what that means for a long time. If you have a look at it, you can read it this afternoon. It won't do you any harm. Psalm 8. And, it, and he says this. He says, when I consider that, what is it about people that you're so interested in us? He did all this incredible stuff, and yet we are so important to him. And then he goes and says, he made us a little bit lower than God. And the, some of your versions will say a little bit lower than the angels. Because And the King James says that because they were too afraid to translate it. The Greek, the Hebrew word there is Elohim. And it's only ever translated God in the whole rest of the Old Testament. And some of the better versions will put God in or they'll put in brackets all God. You're made just a little bit lower than God. It's phenomenal. People are incredible. Your potential is enormous. And when you start to think like that, you start to realize that life can really work for you. That's the art of hope. I'm going to close in like about two minutes and just give you a couple of thoughts on how to develop that. I've spent most of the time just talking about why, 
I hope is so important. But how do you actually develop that? Do you want to know? Can I help you? Is that all right? You're all very quiet out there. You all right? There's no Welsh game on today, is there? We're not listening in our ears to some. <laughs> this is a real challenge for my wife, you know, on Sunday morning. Some of the matches are on Sunday morning. So, hey, thanks, buddy. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> so they're on in Sunday morning. I know I've changed gear, but it's all right. I'm still with you. It's okay. And, uh, and so they're on Sunday morning, and so you've got to record them, right, or whatever, catch up or whatever. And, uh, and so we're at church, and then after the church, we had this lunch. And it's like I had to say, don't say anything about the rugby. And one girl pipes up, oh, I know Welsh were leading early. I said, shut up. Because <laughs> she doesn't want to know. She wants to sit there and watch that mighty Welsh team. But here's a, here's a couple of things that will help you practically. Is that all right? How do, you, how do you develop that? I think if we're honest, and I think this is true of pretty much every church I've ever been in, we could really do to develop hope in our lives, to really expect things to work for us. But how do you do that? Here's four keys. Are you ready? Very simple, very quick. Number one, you've got to decide. I'm going to be this kind of person. You've got to get to a place, and I hope you're there, where you say, actually, I've had enough of living that, the old way. I think I'll live a new way. And you've got to be strong about it. You've got to make a decision. Maybe nobody told you, but your, your life so far, what you've accomplished and become so far, is the sum total of the decisions that you've made. And if you're not happy with some of your life, and probably all of us are like that to some degree, you're going to have to make some different decisions because nobody can make decisions for you. It's part of being a little bit lower than God. You get to decide. So you've got to decide, that's the first part, I'm going, to be this, I'm going to be this positive person. I remember in my own life, because I didn't grow up particularly positive. As a child, I was a very melancholic child, I was very arty, I played music a lot, and, uh, and very emotional, I wasn't a natural leader, not really. And, uh, and I certainly didn't expect things, I, I, I expected things to go wrong, and they usually did. So I had to learn just like everybody else has to learn. And as a believer, as a Christian, the Holy Spirit will help you, but you have to make the decision. He won't decide for you. So that's the first thing. The second thing you've got to do is, is get as close as you can to this person called the Holy Spirit who will put something inside of you that you need that's supernatural. That's why I enjoyed the worship here, by the way, was great this morning. It really was. And, I, you know, we, we, we have a church probably not dissimilar in size and, and we only have a couple of musos and I'm one of them and I'm not there this morning. So we've got one guitar this morning, a couple of singers. And, uh, but actually I found this and I've been in, you know, situations with very skillful, highly skilled, highly technical bands and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but it's actually the presence of God that you want. And the presence of God falls on people's hearts. And there's a great heart of worship here. And I think, I think sometimes God allows some certain things to happen to bring to the fore the things that matter to him the most. But that 
experience of worship, that getting the Holy Spirit will come. And, and he will, even while I'm speaking to you, he'll talk to you and he'll say, you know, that's right. You need to do that. Because I'm just a messenger. Any good preacher, minister, they're just messengers for God. I, I'm trying to be a vehicle that God can touch your life and help you experience hope at a level that you never have before. The third thing is what you listen to. And I'm really selective about what I listen to. And, I, you know, like I said, I've led a Bible college. I've preached and taught a lot, met a lot of these people. Because we're in this big church, Lester Summerall. I don't know if you remember him. He came and laid hands on me, prophesied over me once in a meeting. Joyce Meyer came and visited. Brian Houston used to come to the Bible college where I was leading that college. And, and so I've had the privilege, if you like, of, of bumping into some of these people. And uh, none of them remember me now, of course. But that doesn't matter because heaven knows my name. And, uh, and anyway, they're good guys. There's a, there's a lot. Of, but here's the thing. You've got to be really careful what you listen to. Because every, every word you hear is like a seed. And if the TV you're watching, like EastEnders or the, or the stuff you're surfing, or the messengers you speak, you listen to if you're listening to podcasts be selective pick stuff that lifts your hope and if you're used to being hopeless and you're used to being 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 sad and, and then it's that then you it's a big job to repent it's a big job to change your thinking because you're so comfortable with that and i think a lot of guys like teenage guys and they they've got all these devices we need to create some games some of us Christian people that are good with technical stuff that put hope in people instead of teaching them to kill other people or take revenge on other people. You know, if you've ever thought about taking revenge on somebody else, just remember this. If you go on the journey, to always take two shovels. One for them and one for you. Taking revenge on people is, is a complete loss. But you need to watch what you hear. And then the last thing, and I'll close with that, is you need, you need to be very careful who you hang around with, who you make your friends. The Bible in the book of Proverbs says this, the wise person chooses their friends carefully. And it says, if you want to be wise, just hang around wise people. So in my life, I've met lots of people, and some of them would probably like to be my friend, and I'm friendly to them but I can't build relationships with people that don't have hope because I've got enough challenges in my life without allowing people to get really close to me that are just going to pull me in the opposite direction to the direction I want to go. You say, well, that's not very Christian. No, that is very Christian. It's very gullible to think you're just supposed to be nice to everybody and sweet to everybody and, and you are supposed to be kind but you have to choose your friends carefully. That's why people, you know, where I live in Surrey, there's some of these expensive schools and, and uh, independent schools, you know, and I'm sure you have them here. And, uh, but that's why people pay three or 4,000 pounds a term to send children to schools like that. It's primarily because they're going to meet other kids whose parents want them to arrive in life. And so you're going to build friends with people who are going to get somewhere in life. And that's what they pay their 15000 a year for. 
Some of their teachers are good, some of them are not that good. But ultimately, you're going to finish up in life like the people that you spend the most time with. And that's why I love the house of God. That's why I loved having our coffee out here this morning where you're just bouncing off people. Find people that want to make a difference in life and decide to be their friends. And if you're not very good at making friends or you feel awkward about that, then come tonight. We'll talk a little bit about that whole side of things because there's an art to that as well. Amen. I think I'm finished. Thanks very much. Can I pray for you? Father, you're, uh, you are amazing. You're a God of hope. I really hope, I ask that you would open every heart here to just see an inkling of what it's like to live in the hope, positive expectation of God. And I want to thank you for touching every person that's here today. Amen. Amen. So that's, going to, that's been a lot of fun. If you want me to pray for you at the end of the service, I'm very happy to do that. Very happy. Maybe you're going through stuff. If you've never met Jesus or you feel like you want to reconnect with Jesus, very happy. He's a friend of mine. I love him to bits. And, uh, and I'd love to pray with you. So what I'll probably do is hang down here afterwards. And if you want to come that way, that would be great. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to be here today. Amen. We're, we're going to take up an offering for Paul. Um, we just want to send him away blessed for coming down and blessing us. So um, we'll uh, pass a, a basket around as we sing our last song.